Man, the CBA may bring high school back to the NBA. Groundhog Day in LA for Dennis Schroeder and Sarver's punishment receiving backlash. I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All NBA podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? Hey, protect your quarterback, Kyle Shanahan. Come on, brother. <laughs> I see no lies. John, how you living, my friend? Ah, ouch. That I feel that one for you guys. My fantasy teams are 0-3, but I got to be positive. I'm doing great, man. How are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. Sammy, how you living, brother? I'm good, man. My teams are 0-2, so you know John's must be bad if they're 0-3 in a two-week season so far. So, you know, it's, it's rough. Would you like to clarify here, John? <laughs> yeah, I should have clarified that. I lost all three of my fantasy leagues. Okay, there you week. go. There you I go. Am, but I am not 0-2 in all of them, so I'm not as bad as Sammy, at least. Yo, yo. <laughs> well, boys, we got to talk about some NBA here. And basically, the collective bargaining agreement, um, they're bringing up the eligibility of high school kids entering the draft. So they may be eligible from 19 to 18. Um, and basically... We got to think about history here. So notable high school high school players that went straight to the NBA go like this: LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant, or sorry, Kevin Garnett, T Mac, Dwight Howard, Amari Stoudemire, Lou Williams, Monte Ellis. Like this list goes on, even even to Kwame Brown. And I want to ask you guys. <laughs> who put that on there? Who put, who put Kwame Brown on I'm not list, sure, man. man. Someone set me up. Someone set me up. I've been gone for a while, so someone set me up. Um, I want to ask you guys. Do you guys like this idea from, from the NBA? Do you want to see high school players back in the draft? Hmm, that's an interesting take because when you're 18, you are considered a legal adult. You could send yourself to the military. You could vote. You could do a lot of things, but unfortunately, for whatever reason, you can't go into the NBA and make money, but you could go to a college and provide those universities that have been taxing us for their damn student (laughs) tuition, (laughs) like no no issue, and make these universities even make more money. I mean, I think it's fine. I used to have this mentality that these athletes from high school should go to college and play that kind of style of ball where they share but now i'm in the main the mind frame of uh i don't think we need to hook up college anymore it's an educational foundation institute don't give them more money i don't know sounds bad saying that but i kind of do agree with that now i like it i i don't think there's an issue i I mean the names that you listed on the notable list, these are some of the greatest players that the NBA has ever seen, right? You always Kobe Brown James. Go. <laughs> Kobe. Man, the Stephen A. Smith clip keeps playing. Mm, over that's and exactly over what's going in my head. I have to watch that after this. Uh, maybe we could put it up on the episode. But, like, there's not a much of an age difference or a gap between high school and then playing a year or two years in college. It, to me, the difference is, is minimal. It doesn't really make much sense to prevent somebody from going to the, to, to the NBA straight from high school. And there's crazy amount of talent. I mean, you can make an argument that they're too young, they're not ready. But honestly, 20, what, 18 versus 20, these are still kids, regardless any way you spin it, right? Even out mm-hmm. of college. But I will put on my tinfoil hat for just a second, and I want to get you guys' thoughts on this. So, 
to me, this is out of left field, right? Like, randomly, why didn't they just start bringing this up? And I want to make one point that LeBron James's son, eldest son, Bronny, will be eligible, not eligible, but he is on that cusp of going Ooh. to college and joining wherever that college may be. So do you guys think, Tinfoil Hat, obviously, do you think LeBron James is potentially working with a union, working with Adam Silver, whoever it may be, trying to pull strings to make this pass? Because at, when it does, allegedly, which would be, I think, 2023, 2024 season, Bronny James would be, I think, a senior in high school, and he could not, he could forego college and jump to the NBA sooner so that giving LeBron James a much better chance, obviously at a much younger age, for him to play with his son. Do you guys think that's far-fetched? Or do you think that's that's very likely? Because I'm I'm on I'm on one side right now. I, I've and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I I'm starting to believe it. Yeah, I like I like tinfoil hat John. Sammy, uh, what you think? I think I'm sure that that has some influence in it. I could I could definitely see that. Obviously, LeBron has a huge voice in the Players Association. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, unless anything changed, one of his best friends is the president of the Players Association and Chris Paul. Chris Paul. So, so I'm sure he's pushing for it. I think that relates to it. But I think going back to the original question, it also is just the difference between when that rule changed and now. Because I was looking back at the past history around 2005 when they changed that rule. So I know you listed some of the notable players, but if you go back, I'm just gonna really quickly run through this. 04 and 05. I know you had the big names you talked about, but in addition to that, in 04 we had Sean Livingston, Robert Swift, Sebastian Telfair, Al Jefferson, Darrell Wright, uh, and then in 05 you had Gerald Green, CJ Miles, Andre Blatch, Amir Johnson. You had a lot of high school players that maybe had the talent had they actually you know, had more time and training and seasoning that didn't make it. But now that we also have the G League and we have a lot more resources to develop these guys in like a farm system, I think the league's more prepared for it now than they used to be. So I think it, I think a little bit of both plays in here. The league has the resources and I'm sure certain players are pushing for it. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, some of that tinfoil is, is actually accurate and picking up signals from a Brentwood mansion near a dude. <laughs> I would I would normally like be with you on this tinfoil hat conspiracy, but I I feel like the league and also even um, college they've been trying to come up with ways to reward um, student athletes for being really good. Um, like for example, college players can make money off of their likeness now, mm-hmm. and also players in the G League or sorry yeah um, in the development league sorry uh, can make more money than they used to. Mm-hmm. They could also go overseas. So, like, there's a lot of options. And I think I'm with JJ here where if you're 18 and you're an adult now and you could decide whether or not to go to college, you should also be able to decide whether or not you could make some money. And if the NBA is an option for you, I don't see why not. Um, but my next question for you guys here, I'm going to remove LeBron James and Kobe Bryant and Kevin Durant from um, Noble. Kevin Garnett. Kevin Gar- Garnett, thank you, from high school players straight to NBA as a possibility here for this question. But who do you guys think is like the best player that came into the league straight from high school? Not thinking of those three players. Excluding who again? Excluding LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, and Kevin Garnett. I'm going to go. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Go. No, go, go, go. 
I'm trying to remember if this is right. I'm going way back in history on this one. But I think Moses Malone came straight from high school. And Ooh. if he came straight from high school, I think he's the answer outside of the three you named. The only other one I would consider, I mean, Dwight Howard's up there and then T-Mac is up there, but I would go for, I would go all the way back to Moses if I'm remembering this correctly. I'll go with him. I got a 90s pick since we're, uh, we love the 90s in here. Sean Kemp, baby. The Rain Man. <laughs> Ooh. That's a good wow. one. Okay. Uh, I w- won't pick someone before 1980. <laughs> 1970 because I'm not Sammy. Sammy, I'm just messing with you, dude. I'm just, I'm hey, just playing. 1970 is incorrect, sir. 1975. Thank you very that's, much. That's a solid. Okay, yeah, 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 solid pick. Um, you know, you know, my heart wants to say Kwame Brown. Oh no, no, no. Oh, no. Uh, honestly, like, I know that he hasn't had accolades with winning, but I want, I want to say, I want to say McGrady. Yeah. I want to say T-Mac. I'm going to say T-Mac. I like T-Mac here. I like T-Mac too. Um, I'm going to go to our next topic. Um, it's basically another thing about the CBA here. Apparently, they're, they're allowing players to possibly cite mental health um, as a... as like... as part of the injury report. Like, they can miss a game if they're suffering from mental health conditions... What do you guys think of this, like, this take by the NBA, like, allowing players to do this? I I want to see, before we just assume that a player can say, like, I'm just not feeling up for this game, I'm going to miss it, is there going to be a similarity to, to physical health where they get, I don't want to say examine, that's the wrong word, let's say diagnosed by a psychologist or a psychiatrist, the same way that if you had a high ankle sprain, you would have an orthopedist or a doctor look at you. Mm-hmm. If you have the same kind of comp and there's some sort of backup, then I'm all right with it in that regard. If it's more like a player can literally at any time say, mentally, I'm not feeling up for this, I can miss the game, then you're just you're kind of opening a Pandora's box. And mental health is obviously, I know it's had a lot of conversation either way. Ben Simmons probably comes to mind, but you, I do think you have to have some sort of just procedure protocol in place and yeah. that you have to protect it from being abused but i get why they're putting it in there i mean you guys tell me am i reaching on that do i is that going too far or am i, am I like being too lenient no you're not you're not reaching I, I think the issue is that it's it's hard to define and tell somebody what they think mental health to them is personally mm-hmm. that you could say i'm I'm overworked or I am struggling. I'm just not in a great place right now. And that may not be be able to be diagnosed clinically. And so while I understand where you're coming from, having safeguards in, in order for people not to abuse the policy, which I completely agree with, I just think it's gonna be very difficult. So that's why mm-hmm. while I, in theory, I like this idea, I just don't know how it's gonna be executed properly and with a way that's not going to be abused by the players because mental health is important. I think we can all agree on that. Right. But I I don't, you know, not to make light of the situation and I'm not trying to, you know, lower the importance of this, but I don't want somebody saying I'm not do- I'm not in a great place right now. I don't I don't yeah. I don't think I can play the game and then you see a video of them like getting chicken tenders like Lou Williams 
the next night. You know what I mean? Like, but then again, like maybe to somebody that may be a way, a, an avenue for them to release their, you know, their stress or an outlet, and they could claim that it's for their mental health. And then who are you to argue that, right? Mm-hmm. So I guess it's it's a very tough. It's like a fine line for me. So I don't know. I would love to get Roe and JJ's thoughts on that, but that's kind of where I stand. And it's chicken wings from Magic City, by the way. It's <laughs> chicken not wings, sorry. Let's just make chicken sure tenders, it's not okay. Chicken wings, chicken wings. Whatever, whatever <laughs> floats your boat. Whatever floats your boat. Whatever helps your uh, mental health. Exactly. Right? There you go. I don't think it was just the wings that helped him out, but I'll leave yeah, it at that. You guys go yeah. ahead. But, you know, my thoughts is the following, which is, you know, Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan. I thought it was really cool that they're trying to put mental health policies on the map. I just feel for the fans that aren't affluent. They're not rich. They save up their money and they go to these games. And all of a sudden you see Kyrie miss a week or two. And like what John was saying, Kyrie's like posting, going to his sister's parties and drinking. And it's just like, well... The fans are affected, right? And I think what it comes down to with mental health is approaching and like getting at the issue. And I think this is a band-aid. Why not invest money and resources with doctors, psychiatrists, people that you could actually talk to, like therapists? Like, is taking a game off here and there gonna really help? I think people are I think the first thing, and this was, you know, a legit question is are people going to take advantage of this? Instead of, if we're going to eliminate that problem, why not have our have the NBA real, reallocate its resources for helping the actual players? Because yeah. I don't think taking games off will do that, right? JJ, I'm, I'm right with you. Um, I think a lot of forward-thinking companies now that, that actually have mental health days available for employees mm-hmm. um, also have available like psychiatrists or just people to talk to, to lower stress. And I think if a player is participating in actually doing those things, they should be allowed mental health days because obviously they need help, right? And I think the NBA is gonna be, it's gonna be really tricky to, for them to ride this line. So I'm kind of interested to see what the small bullet points of this policy will be. But I'm gonna take us to our next topic here. Um, we've all talked about the luxury tax and being a Warriors fan, being a Laker fan, being a Clippers fan here on this panel here, we've all thought that they would lower the luxury tax in the next CBA, but it looks like they're going to make it even tighter. They're going to make it even tighter, boys. What do you guys think of of this, this development here? They might actually further restrict teams on how much money they could spend for their roster. I'm going to start with the most expensive roster here. I'm going to start with Sammy with the Clippers. <laughs> Is the Clippers roster more expensive than the Warriors? Huh. Oh, I guess that was last year. I'm sorry. I guess I'll, take it, I'll take it, though. Okay. Uh, I'll, from a bias perspective, I hate it. I mean, the team I'm a fan of has the richest owner in sports, so I, I would prefer that he gets to spend as much as he pleases. But I'm sure if I was a fan of the Thunder or the Spurs, I'd be very happy about this development. So. Exactly. Um, So it's kind of, I think the question that it comes down to is just for us as fans, do we like the model where each team is kind of left to, here's what we have available, we're going to spend as much as we want to build the title team, which is more probably along the lines of baseball, or do we prefer 
the football and hockey, this is the cap, there's no going over it. Everyone's on the level playing field. Let's see what you can do model, because basketball's kind of in the middle of both. And so, right. I would I guess for me, what I would like to know is what, what makes them say that the tax as it is, isn't working? Because even the Warriors this summer decided not to sign Gary Payton because it would have cost them so much in tax money. Isn't that, wasn't that the main reason they didn't resign him? It would be a 70 million, I think. Right. Yeah. So that means that the level was relatively effective. So the fact that they're looking at upping it even more, that makes me think all the small market teams still said this isn't enough and we need to penalize further. I think it was enough as it is. I don't think they need to extend it even further, but we'll see if it actually stops, you know, the richer owners from going any further. But the perspective I take from it is I, I thought it was good as it was. I think over tightening it is just, I, I don't see the productivity of it, I guess is the best way I can put it. So. I'm not a huge fan of them making any adjustments. It felt like it was working as it was to me to be relatively effective. What do you boys think? I mean, why would you basically hurt the teams that drafted well and have kept their players? Isn't that what Adam Silver and the league wants to reward those teams? Yeah. They're basically going backwards. Like in, in a perfect ideal world, Oklahoma City and the Houston Rockets. They have all these draft picks and the Utah Jazz. I'm assuming the NBA wants these players to pan out so that one day they turn out to be great players and they sign them to max contracts. But they're not going to be able to retain these players because of the luxury tax. And why would you hurt a team that wants to spend money? Like, I hate that we have these cheap ass owners that refuse to pay and they hurt the fans. Like, I know we're going to head into the Suns topic with Sarver, but like the Suns fans, like you have this super well-built team that uh, James Jones has built as a GM, but he can't go over the luxury tax because his owners are cheap ass. Yeah. It kind of sucks for them, but I guess that's good for us because the Suns are in her. I don't mind <laughs> it. They <laughs> are in the West with us. John, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, like, in theory, tightening the luxury tax would encourage parity, right? More competition. I just, like, JJ and Sammy make great points, though. Like, it's 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 just penal penalizing, penalizing, you know, the the big market teams and teams that want to spend like money. It's it's not. I mean, I just don't, I don't like it from the, the sense that you're just trying to like control a situation or you're trying to manufacture a situation that I, I think just you need to let it play it out itself. So overall, I don't really like it, but I understand why they're trying to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like it feels gross to manufacture other good teams. Like maybe just be good. How about that? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like how about just draft good? And then want to spend money on your like i don't know who this is helping out like really you know what i mean like if you're gonna tighten up the luxury tax that actually hurts small market teams too because where does the money go right for the luxury tax it goes to those other teams right mm -hmm. to help them out so it, i just don't know i don't know about this 
Um, I'm sure we'll see what kind of develops later on. We're going to talk about Dennis Schroeder now, who signed with the Los Angeles Lakers for his second stint with a one-year $2.64 million deal. And the Lakers now have just a plethora of, of, of guards here. They've got Westbrook, Beverly, Nunn, and now Schroeder. And out of these four guards, I want to ask you guys, who do you guys think should start the season here? <laughs> uh, you know what I think? I think Beverly needs to start. Ooh, okay. And for the two, do I dare say it? Schroeder. And you have your defensive team that they were missing from last year. Oh, man. Man, that is that is a log jam of not great players. That's what that's what that is a, <laughs> a log jam of. Just gonna be honest with you. Um, well, for I the think, record, for the right, yeah. for the record, Sammy said when when Patrick Beverly was a Clipper, he said he was a great player. So I never said he's a great listen. player. I said you love to have him on your team. You hate him if he's not. I no, I actually think he should start. I would start Beverly. I honestly, if he was willing to accept his role, I wouldn't mind putting Westbrook at the two, but he's not willing to accept the role. So I get what you're saying about putting Schroeder with him, but man, that's a small backcourt. That's my only, yeah. that's the issue I have there. So, I mean, is Kendrick Nunn's bruised arm or whatever it was finally healed? Like, is he actually going to play? If he plays, yeah, I would I know, actually right? probably start him. That's a great question. Oh my and then, J John, before you answer this question, I also want you to talk to us about, like, what you think the Lakers are doing here. Because that, I mean, that, those are a lot of signings. Yeah, John, answer like, for their crimes. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what do you wow. think's going on here? Well, they got Schroeder at an $18.5 million discount from what they offered him, so that's, that's a good deal. I mean, you, you like, I'll admit, admittedly, that front office and management have made very questionable decisions, particularly in the last few years, but and and looking at the looking at the moves that they've made you would think that they are preparing for to make another move a, a subsequent move and trading one of these or maybe two of these guards because they have four guards on the on the team the interchangeable right and i don't i just and i know that they said that the, they said the pc pr comment that they have enough minutes for everybody but i have a hard time believing that so Either they have something in place, which I don't think because it would have been done already, or they're planning on trading two of these players or one in the near future or by the trade deadline. And it, I, I think that's the case. I don't think that they plan on having all of these guards on the team, regardless of what they say. But they're not going to say we're going to we're planning on trading one of these guys. That's just you don't say that, obviously, you know, unless you're Doc Rivers. So. <laughs> That's what I think is happening here. Um, in regards to, I, and I think they're going to ride out the beginning of the season with the team, and whatever this Frankenstein roster is with a logjam of guards and not enough three and D players, they're going to try to make it work with Darvin Ham. But then again, but then by the trade deadline, you do have assets that you can move, particularly Westbrook's expiring contract, which I do think will be more valuable by the. Be, closer to the trade deadline than it is now because you're going to have a lot of potential teams that will miss the playoffs or have 
that are likely to miss the playoffs that weren't expected to miss the playoffs in the beginning of the year. So they're more likely to give up some of their assets or players at that time. So I think it's more it's a smarter move to keep Westbrook now and try to trade him closer to the deadline. So that I know that's a lot to digest, but I think I think they're stock loading assets. And, and to summarize, I think they're stock piling assets for a potential trade sometime in the near future. Yeah, I'm with uh, you, John. Yeah. Oh, go go ahead. No, oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I'd say just going along what you're saying, like all kidding aside, I think the best thing they've done is all four of these guys are on their last year, right? They're all expiring. So yeah, yeah. So assuming they do keep them together, the option that you have is that either you let them all expire if things aren't working or the right deal's not there and you create cap space for yourself and you keep your picks, or if the right guy is there, you actually have the, the contracts that jump. If the right guy is there for some combination of two of these guys plus those two first round picks they have. So from that perspective, this makes sense to me because you've created a lot of flexibility. So like as much as we're joking about it, that part of this is actually very smart and that they're not taking on long-term cap hits yet because you'll have options up to the deadline depending. So sorry, John, I'm going to interrupt. What were you going to say? No, no, no. You're, you're right online with that. I think that like if they can't get assets, like near short-term assets that are valuable and they can help the Lakers win now, at the very least, and it's not a, a, it's not a bad uh, alternative, is that they let all these contracts expire, create tons of cap space, and then they could try to convince or sign another big star to play alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Like Kyrie. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. true too, right? Like I, I am with you, John. I call BS on this whole like, oh, there's enough minutes for everyone, because the one thing that we know about like LeBron James is that you surround him with shooters, right? That's the theme, because ultimately. The point guard is is LeBron James, right? So at this guard position, like you gotta have a role here. You gotta either be able to play defense or you gotta be able to shoot threes. Three point percentages here. Patrick Beverly is at like 37%. Kendrick Nunn is at like 34%. Schroeder, um, I think was at like 33%. And Westbrook, we'll just not talk about him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, I don't know what they're doing if it's not to make another move, right? Because it doesn't make any sense to me, like how you think this team is going to be better with these set of guards. Um, I guess we'll see what happens there. We're going to talk about Robert Sarver now. So he he got a sentence of, let's see, a one-year punishment and $10 million fine for, was it like workplace misconduct? Was that like the the verbiage that they were using? Yeah. and obviously there's some backlash from many players and staff and some stakeholders within the Suns organization calling for his resignation. And PayPal has even came out and said that they want to pull the plug or potentially pull the plug on the sponsor deal if Sarver returns after his suspension. And the pressure just gets more and more and more, okay? Wanting answers or wanting something to happen with Sarver here. I want to ask you guys, do you guys think Sarver is going to be gone at the end of the year or possibly sooner? I think he's gone. And I say that because of the landscape and, and kind of just 2022 or just how, we, how we're living today. And if you see the trends and if you see the, how things 
transpire when when there's a lot of you know this is an egregious situation right obviously he should be reprimanded and and punished for it but if you see any in in the past year two three four years more recently anytime somebody has come out especially in the spotlight and said and said or done something that is very offensive and you know whether, whether or not you you think they deserve a second chance or it's a mistake or if it's habitual a lot of the time there's the public outcry that comes afterwards and social media and the pressure that comes with it and usually their hands are tied usually a, a, a fine like something final usually happens from that whether that's banned from a platform or fired from their job so i think just because of of the way it's trending in terms of the outcry in terms of the public perception in terms of the pressure from all different avenues and angles i think sarver is going to either be forced out or he's going to sell the team sell his stake to a major a minority owner or something like that What do you boys think? Well, everyone wants to compare this situation to Donald Sterling, but it's completely different because what we discussed last time was that there was a tape, right, Sammy? Yeah. Donald Sterling saying whatever he wanted to say about people. Um, When Adam Silver had his press conference last week, he did make a point that he can't do anything just because he's an owner. And you just can't force someone to sell something that they own, which I find, I don't know, troublesome. Um, I think the only way that they could force a sale from what I've read and the technicalities of this whole business is making the sense pay where it hurts most, which is their pockets. And I'm glad that PayPal made a stand. And that's what I believe they did with the Clippers. And Sam, you could follow with me, which is uh, right when they started... um, taking away the sponsorships and all of the commercial ads and everything related to monetary value. Mm -hmm. That's when they were, you know, forcing the hand of selling the team, the Clippers. But the other technicality was that uh, Donald Sterling's wife was able to sell it, right? Correct. Yeah, the team was in a trust. And so what she actually did was had him examined and deemed mentally uh, unfit essentially to run the team so understatement but yeah yeah it was kind of a hostile takeover in a sense, but yeah I, I think going along those lines um i don't think adam silver wanted to deal with a legal battle and i think he was hoping that he would come out with this punishment he would probably take a little flack for it which he did and then from there there would be so much public pressure that essentially society would force Sarver out and I already know minority owners of the team are wanting him out as well sponsorships yep. are going down yep I I think this is in hindsight what Adam Silver was hoping would happen so now the NBA won't be in a legal battle with Sarver the owners don't have to vote him out because the owners have to vote him out I think it's 24 of the owners have to vote to boot out another owner and a lot of the other owners won't do it because they're worried about essentially this kind of thing eventually coming down on some of them depending on it's gonna be a witch hunt maybe exactly that's what they're worried about so Mm -hmm. this way it's technically not the owners that are forcing out a fellow owner that's the impression i got from how this came out it sounds like you guys are in relative agreement that they're hoping that just general pressure will force them out financial and otherwise like 
this political gymnastic move is almost like too smart, man. Mm-hmm. Like basically, yeah, like be judged smart. by your by your by your peers yeah. here. Super yeah. super smart. He's staying out of the fire, right? Mm-hmm. And letting things take over. And JJ, your point that PayPal one is a huge deal because now it's not just within the organization that you're feeling pressure. You have dollar bills. You have money pressure, right? So I I honestly think that Sarver is probably out by the end of the year. I I. I... I think it would be a great political move and a smart move. Sam, that's a great point about Adam Silver in the NBA. I just don't know if it's worth, like, the perception that you that you wouldn't, or, or the, the backlash and the aftermath of going through a, a legality battle is one thing. Like, that's huge. But also... But you're also sacrificing the the good perception of the NBA by only giving him a year, mm-hmm. while letting Dolan. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe in their mind they're thinking that oh, it'll pass and people will forget about it. And maybe they're right. I mean, news travels. You know, the news cycles pretty fast, quickly in in our day and age. So maybe that was something that they considered, and they're just like, you know what? We don't want to deal with the two-year legal battle with Robert Sarver. The the sad part, and I'll wrap it up, guys, is that uh, the Suns, after that horrific Game 7 loss, you would expect them just to concentrate on ball. Now they gotta worry about this political crap with Sarver's ass. Right. Yeah, that's true. Like, do you guys think this is gonna affect their team for the upcoming season? Honestly, no, only because Sarver will not be in the arena no matter what for the whole season. Like, in the beginning, maybe a little they'll get asked about it, but we know, man, this version of the media and this version of fans, and I'm including pretty much any of us who follow the NBA in this, these stories tend to fade kind of quickly unless news comes out. I think it'll be a story for the first five or ten games, but after that for the team... They're not going to see him anywhere. I mean, he's not going to be in the arena. He's not going to be doing anything. So I'll think, I think they'll be able to put it behind them and just play. Yes, yes, I agree. They will dominate the regular season as they normally do <laughs> and then lose in the second round. So nothing will definitely change. <laughs> what they should really worry about, like, with their chemistry is Andre Aiden. Like, like being shafted out of that big deal, dude. Where they like shave basically a year off of his contract. Yep. Um, that's that's a more awkward situation as far as like team chemistry. Because you're right, like Sarver's not going to be in the room. Um, but we're going to take a short little break with a word from our sponsors. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for details. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of Deep House, and it's been great. One reason it's been great to listen to, because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Go by Raycon.com today and use code TBPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code TBPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, 
code TBPN15. All right, fellas. So it's game time. We're going to continue on from our game from last week. I want everyone to imagine 10 years from now, we're all sitting outside having some cocktails, relaxing, and we're going to think about the 2022 season. What did that bring? What were the signs of the times? And what were the milestones? So to start off, the 2022 season proved blank, true or false, and why? And since June, you are now joining us for the first time on the game. I'm going to ask you first. Ooh, true okay. or false? The 2022 season proved that LeBron James is no longer a top three player. Oh, man. So he's, he's been long time top three. And I want to say true. Ooh, this is true. Okay. So I think Giannis Antetokounmpo is up there. Steph Curry. And then I'm going to go with Joel Embiid. Ooh, no I'm gonna say fish. I'm gonna say those are my top three. Um, what do you guys say, Sammy? I I also think it's true. Uh, for me, it's a question of availability because LeBron now plays about in the last three years now. I think 50, 55 games a year. So I just think you have to factor that in. I'm not I'm not questioning his on court impact, but top three for me would probably be. I'm going to go Giannis, Steph, and where I'll differentiate a little bit is I'm going to put Jokic in my top three. Okay. John, are you going to exclude KD like these two guys over here? <laughs> I am going to exclude oh, KD. Okay. And I'm not, but I'm going to put somebody else that you guys are going to might, may be a little surprised about. Why? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his ties are definitely top three in the game. <laughs> I am gonna go, and for those of you who know it, don't know what I'm talking about, just just Google Kawhi thighs on your browser. Um, don't worry, it's Be NF browser. It's not no 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 no. It's not it's not an it's not NSFW. It's not it's not not safe for work. You just have to like trust me on that. It's not Kawhi Plus, you have a filter from Magic for crying City. Out loud. Come on. Okay. So back to the topic. LeBron is no longer a top three player. I'm going to have to say true. Um, and I mean, he's going to be 38 years old in December. So, and his defense is the biggest reason why he's no longer that, that two way player, which is why you guys are going to probably scoff at me when I say who my third player is. But I think he's going to make a leap defensively because of what he did physically to his body. So, my third guy. It's Giannis, Steph Curry, and Luka Doncic. Ooh, okay. I'm okay, okay. with that. For a second, I thought yeah. you were going to say Harding because yeah. I know you've been on the MVP boat. No, man. I, yeah. oh, I was, I was scared. I was scared I'm a little bit. I'm going to say Luka. I'm going to go Luka. LeBron, yeah. LeBron is yeah. top top 10. LeBron's yeah, top, not, for sure. For sure. But you think top three, Jin? Sammy says top three. John says no. I got to bring our video. No, they, everybody. Did you guys, did you guys all say false? No. Yeah, we all said false. Or as in yeah, true, said true that he is no longer. No longer true, true, no oh, sorry, longer. sorry, sorry, sorry. True. So I say true. Yeah, he's no longer a top three. Yeah, RJ, you you care to go for the tie or you agree with uh, June and Sammy? Is LeBron James a top three player still? I'm gonna say he is not anymore. 
Yeah. All right. I, I think it's unanimous. I think we're all uh, saying... unanimous. We're all four four and zero. Oh, that he's no longer a top three. He's no longer a top three. I don't think he's. I don't think he's top three. Yeah. Either, so true. All right. Cool. This is gonna go against John. So I'm gonna ask John the next question last. But is James Harden now overrated? The last season, you guys remember the playoffs? Got bounced. He had Embiid. Even though Embiid was injured. I would still say that 76ers squad was very talented. Do you think James Harden is overrated? True or false? I'm going to start with Sammy. Did he solidify himself as overrated? I have kind of a weird take on this. If this was 2020, I would have said true. I actually am going to say this is false. Not because I think he's a good player at this point. I think he's fine, but nothing amazing. But I think because so many people say that he's overrated now and he got so much hate in the last six months that he's actually rated properly now. So Ooh. I'm going to go with false on this one. Ooh, okay. I'm going to go with June. What's up, man? Is I, he overrated? I am in line with Sammy here. Ooh. I want to say two years ago he was overrated. But now it's properly rated. I mean, I think I think we've all... We're all kind of sort of out on James Harden. And we hear it over and over during the season. Like, you can't expect the James Harden from the Houston Rockets. So now that that's the expectation, I think it's properly rated. All right. I know what John's going to say. He's not overrated, but he's what, John? <laughs> well, well, yeah, boy. Well, You're MVP yeah. pick. Come on, baby. Got, Don't backpedal so, now. So, Don't so backpedal now. No, I'm not backpedaling. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna. This is what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say in 2022, he definitely solidified himself as a, in 2022, right? Let 2022, me, me, yes. 2022, he solidified himself as an overrated player because he came into Philadelphia and they thought that team was gonna, you know, possibly go the distance, and they didn't. So he's a part of that. But I will say in 2023, he's going to solidify himself. <laughs> and don't miss my words here. As an MVP caliber player. What? Dang. I like I like it, though. I like the very bold take. I like the commitment. Yeah. Okay. All right. Moving forward, gentlemen. Did 2022 prove that Katie and Kyrie ruin their reputations because of their off-court antics i'm gonna start with john first when we look back did we are we gonna think damn 2022 ruined those two dudes reputations i'm going to say that this is false oh um unequivocally in my opinion because <clears throat> if there's one thing that as a society NBA fans in general, whatever it may be. I mean, there may be a few people who will always bring it up, skeptics. But overall, we like to we like to remember people's accomplishments and players' accomplishments. And there have been a lot of like egregious things that legends have done in the past. You know, like Kobe or Michael Jordan gambling and like a lot of things that people do that we don't really talk about. I mean, it's brought up but those aren't the those aren't the the key points and those aren't like the highlights of what people remember. They remember the good things because that's what makes us feel good as people. Like we want to remember the positive and the things that make us feel good, not the negative stuff. So be, based on that, I'm going to say this is false. 
I like the positive take, man. We need more of that、uh, influence on our children's lives. We'll go、Thank、with、uh, Sammy. What do you think? Well, I, I, I hate to be a little bit more of a negative Nancy, t h o u g but I'm going to go with call it conditionally true. And my condition on that is. If their careers continue to go the way they have been over the last all, four years and it continues and they don't achieve any great basketball success, then I feel like their legacy is going to be one where they hit these highs kind of early and then after some decision making they both made, it just went downhill. And John, I get where you're coming from about Kobe and Jordan, but as Bad as this is to say, in a sense, I think they're remembered the way they are because even though they were dealing with whatever off court issues they were, they were still winning and people remember them that way. So, the way I see, the, I guess the way I look at it is with KD now, if he doesn't win another ring, I, I think he's going to be remembered for only winning on maybe the most stacked team ever. And if Kyrie doesn't get another one, he's only remembered for winning one as LeBron's sidekick. And then after that, he just started blowing up roster after roster after roster. And then both guys stop playing more than 40 or 50 games a year. So, okay. So, Jun, I'm going to go conditionally true based off that. I kind of want you to comment off that, Jun.、Um, if Katie and Kyrie don't win a ring, but they do pretty well throughout the next eight years, are we going to still look back and say, this is the scene that ruined their reputation? You know, I. I, I think this is like half true. Like, I, I want to say for. So, if, if we're talking championships or just them doing well, I think whatever they do outside、um, of basketball doesn't really matter if they're winning, right? Just, just like what Sammy was saying. But the fact is, is that like they, they haven't been winning. And with KD, I want to say his, his legacy is pretty solidified. And he hasn't done anything outside of basketball. That would like severely affect that, besides what he like responds to people over Twitter sometimes.、Um, I'm thinking about like some other things Katie might have done outside of basketball, but for the most part, he's got a pretty clean slate. Like, you can't really nail him on the head for something crazy. Now, with Kyrie, I mean, he has a whole season where he did not, he chose to not take a vaccine, and he basically tanked this whole season for the Brooklyn Nets, and I think that's a huge like. Stamp on his legacy. Like, I, I feel like people are forgetting how good of a player Kyrie Irving is but, like, just because of that. But I think KD is still widely recognized as like a top, you know, 10 player. So I'm, I go half true. John, can I rebuttal? Yeah, I, rebuttal? <laughs> I would love to hear it. Please. I, the only reason I'm going to rebuttal, and I don't disagree with what you guys are saying. I think my point is that the narrative at the time, for somebody that does something, like makes a comment, and I know this kind of goes with what I said earlier in a, to- in, a, in a topic about, like, you know, the media holding on to things and holding grudges and people, you know, focusing on the negative. But I just think down the line, when Kyrie and KD retire, we're not, I don't think they're going to be talking about, you know, a pandemic. That's, 
that happened five years ago, if we're talking about the future, or six or seven years ago. I mean, they'll mention it, but I don't think Kyrie about not getting vaccinated, I don't think that's going to be a topic down the line. I think it's going to be, th- and they're going to show, and I know this guys are going to hate this, we're going to have to re- visit past history, but he made, you know, the three that he made, obviously, mm-hmm. in Game 7, like, mm-hmm. they're going to be showing that when it comes to Kyrie. They're not going to be talking about his... That just oh, made no, man. I don't know, man. I'm thing is that like the this Nets team with Harden, Kyrie, and KD, um, that's like the biggest blunder and what if of all time. So I think people will talk about it. Like you, that's that's is the sole reason or one of the biggest reasons why that team failed. So I think revisionist history will reflect that on Kyrie. Let's take it one step further. You know? though. <laughs> go, go. This is my issue with Kyrie. I, I completely respect what you're talking about with Cleveland. Yeah. He basically almost blew up that Boston team, too, by the time he left there. So he leaves, and I know it didn't happen right away, but a couple years yeah. later, that team looks a, a lot better. And yeah, clearly he had a lot of issues when he was there, too. So for me with Kyrie, it's more of a collective. It's not just the vaccine in this last season. It's kind of the last three or four. Yeah. what we've seen is major chemistry issues and a lot of just injury related issues yeah you know what I, I, will, I will i'll concede that point and i think if Kyrie is doing a lot of things collectively and and not and making it a lot easier for us to question his legacy um that's a great point. So yeah. I'll concede that point. But I think I think Kevin Durant is safe. He's got like enough accolades. I mean, multi Finals MVP. He's got an MVP. I'm sure he's got scoring titles. He's got like a like a thousand All Stars. Like he's got enough accolades to pretty much cover up whatever he does. Like he's solid. But Kyrie is the one that's questionable for me. Yeah, I think I, I agree with you, Jin. That Katie's safe. Uh, the OKC fan base. One day they'll forgive Katie. Probably won't be within the next 10 years, <laughs> but they're still sour about that. With yeah. with Kyrie, uh, well, well, like, you know, John was saying that when we look back at past athletes, we have this love and affinity for them. Like, um, even Ron Artest, right? Ron Artest had the Malice in the Palace, but we never bring that up. However, I think RJ could back me up on this. There is a Giants uh, a baseball team, this one specific player that kind of went off the rails on Twitter and he wasn't uh, he's not allowed to join any of those reunions with the World Series teams. Aubrey Huff. Yes, and Aubrey Huff you know I'm not going to say that he's different from Kyrie but damn dude, those uh, tweets are almost similar and Kyrie just had a pretty controversial tweet over the weekend, agreeing with Alex Jones, who uh, yeah. had some controversial statements oh. about Sandy Hook, which I don't want to get into. Uh-huh. But anyways, moving forward. Gentlemen. Okay, I changed my mind. Kyrie's <laughs> legacy is definitely tarnished. <laughs> we'll see. No, I mean, like, we'll it's see. definitely like, like yeah. yeah, he's yeah, definitely we'll he's definitely making it a lot harder for people to yeah. say without, you know, without a with a definitive fact that his legacy has not the, been tarnished. His path doesn't yeah. doesn't look good right now, but we'll give him the benefit of the doubt, right? Clinic. Yeah. yeah. When when we're in our twentieth <laughs> season, we'll revisit yeah. this conversation. Listen, if he didn't make if he did not make that shot in Game Seven, 
I would 100% agree with you, but I think like that's going to stick as one of the best shots in finals history. And I'm sorry to say that, but it, it's 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 a fact. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're wrong, but we'll go move forward <laughs> with uh, the next question, <laughs> which is 2022. Um, it's not our last question, but I think it was the topic of debate during June when the season was finally over. Our boy, Jun and RJ Curry, is he now a top 10 player? I'm going to go ahead and ask Sammy Boy first. Is Mr. Curry a top 10 player? And please answer honestly. I, I think you have to say he is. Ooh, uh, okay. He's come up in the clutch. He has to go down, as far as I'm concerned, as one of the three most influential players of the last 30 years. Like a lot of people have changed the way they played because of him, and kids now completely changed the way they played because of him. And we talked about accolades. I mean, he's got him. He's going to be the leading three-point shooter in the league for a long time because he's already got that title, and he has, what, probably at least three good years left of shooting, minimum probably, because shooting holds up really nicely. So I'd say top 10 is right around where I'd put him, somewhere in the 8, 9, 10 range. So I'll, I'll say true on this one. True for Sammy, John, is he top 10 player of all time? Um, I was questioning it before this year, this past season, but I don't think I can anymore. Um, I do think he's top 10. And I think this, this championship solidified it because he didn't come in as the favorite. Celtics were, in my opinion, they were the better team. Um, but they didn't win, clearly. So they weren't the better team, I guess you could say. But I think a lot had to do with, obviously a lot had to do with Steph Curry. I mean, he had support, but everybody has support whoever wins the championship. So I hate that argument saying that, you know, he had a stacked team. You have to have a great team to win. And But he was the head of the snake. He was the facilitator. He was, he just somebody, he's just that special. And you can't deny it anymore. So I do think he's top 10. I think he's low 10. Um, you know, I put guys like Shaq and Kobe and Duncan over him, but I mean, he's not retired yet, so he could definitely move up that list. All right. Grant Williams would probably disagree with your Celtic statement, but <laughs> we're not here or there. June, wrap it up. What's I'm up, with man? the panel. I'm with the panel. Top 10. Yeah. Top 10. Top 10, easy. Yep. Easy. All right. Last question. The question of the evening. And we're going to have John answer this last. I'll ask June 1st. The 2022 season proved that Mr. Russell Westbrook is no longer worthy of being a starter on a championship contending team. Not no weak ass, low, you know, 15th seed team. I'm talking about championship contending. That, that ship has sailed. And I feel like it shipped a long time ago. Oh. It's just, it's just that that no one wanted to particularly say it because he was putting up huge stats, and I think everyone was falling in love with stats. But just his style of play was done and over with once everyone was going towards motion offense, three pointers, all of that stuff. His style of play it just it's not conducive to a championship team anymore. All right, Sammy. Let John have it. Let's hear it. That ship sailed all the way off Kyrie's flat earth a long time ago, man. 
<laughs> just, I'm completely with you on this. I don't even know if he's, because of his attitude and his mindset, I don't even know if he's worthy of being on a championship contending team anymore because he thinks he's the best player and won't adjust the way he plays. If he was willing to adjust with the ability he still has, I think yes. he'd be a good piece, but he's not willing to do that. So I don't even think this is debatable. So um, I'm very, very much true on this. All right, John, prove these fools wrong. Are they wrong? Uh, I mean, like, as do you want me to lie? I guess you want me to just, do you want me to lie straight up on this episode or what? I mean, there's nothing I could say because if, anybody that, that, if I were to say false, people would look at me and say, this guy is full of it. So yeah, of course, I think it's true um, in 2022. And, but there's a part of me that wants this to be so true or false in 2023. I want to revisit this. If somehow Russell Westbrook is a starter on a championship team, whether that's the Lakers or somebody else, I'd love to see it. But at this point, it's completely false. I want to ask oh, completely, you though, Sorry, me, completely true. Completely true. Let me ask you, though, before the 22 uh, season even started, this panel actually had the Lakers finish yeah. as a top three seed. So We did. I did. We, we, a lot of us, a lot of us did. We're all, we're all idiots, but (laughs) no, I mean, like I always tell people were always like ragging on me about this. They say, man, you, didn't you have Lakers as a top team? And you thought this was like a great ad. And the reality was I was, obviously I was like, my homerism came into account, but I, I thought it would work because I thought LeBron James that is that smart. He's that good of a player that he could potentially make it work. But I was wrong. Oh man. Yeah, I I don't know. I I feel like <laughs> Russell Westbrook can be part of a championship team, but I don't think it's like the Russell Westbrook that we're like used to. Like Sammy was saying, he's got to like adjust his game. But boys, that's actually all we have for tonight's show. I want to thank you three for being on. JJ Thanks for being on, man. Thank you, everybody. Had a blast tonight. John, thanks for being on. Hey, thank you. Sammy, thanks for being on, man. Always good to be here. Thank you. And of course, shout out to our video producer, RJ. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rosa Panta. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.